What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, guys, uh, it's holiday season, and everyone's getting their holiday parties uh, scheduled on the books, and the Dodgers are hosting a holiday Zoom party. They're going to look back on highlights from the 2021 season and catch up with players on what they're up to now in the offseason, along with their favorite holiday traditions. The Zoom party is going to feature Justin Turner, Will Smith, Trey Turner, Gavin Lux, and some more guys. It's hosted by Oral Hershiser and John Hartung on November 22nd at 6 o'clock. And if you want to attend, you can go to Dodgers.com to RSVP. So maybe one of your first holiday parties you'll be attending this season, the Dodgers Zoom party. Would you just go through the roster one more time, though, of the Dodger players that are making an appearance on this virtual Dodger fan holiday party? Yes, Justin Turner, Will Smith, Trey Turner, Gavin Lux. Uh, They also had a couple guys on there, like Joe Kelly is one of them on there. I just didn't list them all. But they said more, you know, and more. I notice uh, you're not hearing Clayton Kershaw. I don't know what's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. You're not not hearing Max Scherzer. We don't don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know if anybody was you know, too afraid to ask Mookie, hey, Mook, would you do this? you mind? you mind doing this for us? No, That'd Kenley Jansen. Cool. Well, didn't he just have surgery? Yeah, he did. I don't know. He was at the Laker game the other night. He was. I he mean, was. Yeah. It's fine. So what? Well, like, I mean, or is he, is, did he have surgery or just schedule surgery? I think he just had it. All right. Either way. Okay. Well, why do you feel the need, Kaplan, to make people be there, though? I don't understand that. Oh, no, I'm just saying that if I were a Dodger fan wanting to go to a Dodger digital virtual Zoom party and you're telling me that I got a bunch of the players there, I think that's cool. Um, I mean, I Mookie Betts did, like, a whole virtual thing for us a long time ago. Like, you know, like, it's not like he's never done stuff like that before. I don't know. Well, it just I'm, feels like you're singling out these guys like Clayton and Mookie. Who cares? Like, no, no, that's no, cool I'm, anyway. I'm saying I want all the guys. I'm saying I'd like them all. That's all. Okay, you want the entire 25-man roster there is what you're saying. Well, I mean, I'd like to have the guys that are certainly going to be coming back. It's a free Zoom party. Come on. I know, dude. Like, seriously. You're the guy literally complaining about something free. I'm actually not complaining. It's just the thing is, is that... It's like Justin Turner's going to do it. So I want Mookie to do it. I want Corey Seager. Well, I mean, he's a free agent. What if they've got something want, going on? I want Cody Bellinger to do it. Um, if they've got something going on, they got something going on. What can I tell you, man? I'm not, I'm not there to schedule this for these guys. I'm just telling you that these are the guys I'd like to talk to. I just, I just love how you, <laughs> you do this all the time. I think it's funny, actually. Like, I think it's hilarious. How you're like, it was like when you were like, LeBron should just come on the show. He like, should. <laughs> LeBron should come on this show. Agreed. I'm glad you finally see it my way. <sighs> Why is that so like like asking too much for LeBron to get on the phone and join us for 10 minutes? Because he's LeBron. So what? every second of his life is like cha-ching, cha-ching. Like he's um, got honestly, money. do you do you do every interview you get requested to do? I don't. Um, no, but. This is the, the, the radio station of the Lakers. These are his fans. Um, yeah, he's got lots of different ways to reach them now, more so than ever before. He's got 50 million Twitter followers. What does he need us for? He doesn't need us, but, but it's not a need thing. It's just a... But he goes on the station. He does, he does media day every year. One time. Live, in person. And that was awesome. Listen, if I'm going to It just wasn't Dodger... us. It just was Travis and Sliwa this year. Right. If, if I'm going to go to a Dodgers Zoom party... Justin Turner's one of the guys I definitely would like to have a yeah. chance to listen to. That's Mookie not enough Betts. for you? No, Mookie Betts is somebody I'd love to hear talk a little bit. Uh, 
Cody Bellinger. I'd like to hear all these guys. I just, I, just the I want more George Sedano. I want more. I want it all, man. Of God, man. I yeah. I, I don't know, man. I when when Justin Turner resigned last year. Yeah. Do you recall how many years he signed for? Because I actually thought it was only like I think a one it was year. Three, deal. I want to say. Was two it three, three years? I think it was two or three. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was just a one year deal. So I was surprised to hear. Justin Turner's name, because I guess I must have misunderstood his contract status. Yeah. Well, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Speaking of the Dodgers, let's do this real quick. So, your boy, Bill Plaschke, okay? My boy. Yeah, I mean, you're, like, aligned with him at the hip. You you guys are, like, uh, simpatico. Yeah, not Um, on this story you're about to bring up. So, he says the Dodgers should sign Carlos Correa if Corey Seager goes elsewhere. That Keep Trey Turner at second base. And go get Carlos Correa, nemesis of the Dodgers. Now, why are you anti this move? They brought in Mookie Betts. So, so what? Mookie Betts played on a Boston team that everybody that they lost to, and that people were annoyed because of the Alex Cora, um, you know, lineage there or or, or direct tie. Um, people were like, at that time, were like, "Ooh, Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. That's weird," but. Um, I mean, it's not as bad as Correa. There's more history, clearly, with Correa because of the Joe Kelly stuff and all that. But, I, I, I mean, I'm curious to hear why you're anti it. Because sometimes, George, sometimes, not all the time, most of the times, sometimes you got to just say, as good of a player as he may be, he's not for us based on some history. And in this particular instance, this is one of those times where I would say, Bill Plaschke, total disagree here. If Corey Seager moves on, that's why you got Trey Turner as an insurance policy. And given the bad blood and the history between the Dodgers and the Astros and, and you know, Carlos Correa in particular, at some point you got to just say, look, you can't sell your soul to the devil just for a win. You know, and to me, Given all the history between, like I said, the two franchises, the World Series, the cheating scandal, et cetera, that's just one of those guys who I'd be like, that's a strong pass for me. No good. You, just you on like that. The, you like the idea? I mean, the guy is incredible. I mean, is he not? Well, let me ask you this question. Do you think that we should have Trevor Bauer come back and pitch for the Dodgers because he's incredible? Well, but I also think that that's a, those are not anywhere near the same thing. By the no, way. they're not because one guy was a cheater on the field and the other guy, and by the way, cheated the Dodgers out of the World Series, and the other guy is a guy who's got other kinds of crazy stuff going right, on. Right, but do you life. understand that Mookie Betts was also on a team that was caught cheating, right? But and not against the Dodgers. the Dodgers. Did the did the Red Sox beat the Dodgers in the World Series? Did I miss they that? They did. The following year, yes, twenty eighteen. Okay. Well, then I guess uh, then I guess <laughs> I, I, I guess I don't want that. Mookie Betts on the call anymore. <laughs> I guess I don't want Mookie on the call. Yeah. So you don't want him on the Zoom anymore? No. Now now Mookie Betts is no longer welcome on the on the holiday Zoom. Mookie, okay. can't have you on there. Hope your surgery went well, man. I mean, did the Red like, Sox beat the Dodgers in the World Series. Yes, the one year later, actually, that's exactly well, what it happened. But, but Lindsay, you you giggle, but here's the thing. And I feel like this is the way most people are. When your team is gone, you're gone. When the Dodgers this year ended and they lost in the to Atlanta, how much of the World Series did you watch? I didn't watch it because I didn't care about either of the teams. Right. So at the time, when the Dodgers played the Red Sox in the World Series, I didn't care about either of those teams. I was long gone. Baseball was over for me. Okay, but I think... 
the Dodgers and the Red Sox, I think most of a ca- most casual baseball fans would want to watch that, even if it's not your team. Whereas I do not care about the Braves, and I just do not care. Like, neither of those teams matter to me whatsoever. Like, the Braves or the Astros, they're not like a national appeal. Whereas, like, the Dodgers are. Like, I mean, they're, they're the biggest team in the National League. And aside from the Yankees, I think that the Red Sox are probably – one of the two biggest teams in the American League. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Nonetheless, I the, would the agree. Po- but I, the point but I will this. just say this. I had no recollection whatsoever of the Dodgers Red Sox World Series. Well, it was only and, a five game series, so you didn't miss much. And George, um, but, but to your point, though, if, if Mookie Betts was part of a cheating scandal, they had to literally have a conversation with him. Like, they, they like, talked about this in, like, spring training with okay, him. Okay, so, so now, They've been on. through this before. So, okay, let's so, go. Bring Correa so, on. So, right. So, so, now, hold on. You see, this is where I'm flexible, okay? Because I had no recollection of Mookie Betts being part of the Red Sox cheating scandal that stole a World Series from the, from the Dodgers, maybe, they, maybe I should just change my mind and go, fine, I don't care. Bring in Carlos Correa. Doesn't matter to me what happened back then because clearly I had no objection to Mookie Betts. So I'm fine with it now. See how quickly and easily I was able to change my mind? I mean, are you flexible, though? Like, if we stretched you out on one of those old-school stretching machines, like, do you think, like, how flexible would you be? Like, how far on the crank could we go? Oh, dude, right now, hamstrings are very tight. Quads are tight. Lower back is, is giving me a hard time. I want somebody to pull on my feet and pull on my hands. I want you to pull me in the opposite directions. Like, I'm a, I'm a rope in a tug-of-war game. Like, just pull on me. Like, just help stretch me all out. Like Jean-Claude Van Damme in the movie Kickboxer when they're stretching him out, like, in, the, in between the trees and whatnot. Like, it, I feel like Morales would love to pull the rope on that for, with, you, with you hanging on there like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Kickboxer. I'll tell you what, I am flexible like that. But it's true, man. Listen, I, I think a guy like Carlos Correa and everything that's gone on with the Astros and the Dodgers, I mean, I don't really hear a lot of people hating, hating, hating the Red Sox. I hear a lot of Dodger fans who absolutely despise and hate everything there is about the Astros, you know? And so to me, I just feel like there are times where you're like, you know what? Good ball player. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not good with this one. This one I'm not, I don't feel good about. And I think that Carlos Correa kind of fits into that bucket. Okay. I take him in a heartbeat. The guy's got an 850 like OPS or something in, in like the postseason. <laughs> take him in a second. <laughs> Give me that guy all day. Like he's awesome. I don't care what the history is. Like well, just maybe give me the can, guy. Maybe he can awesome. help the Dodgers with uh with He's also, by the camp. way, just getting into his prime. Like he's super young, too, on top of that. I don't know, man. I don't remember there being any kind of like venom towards Mookie Betts when he signed with the Dodgers. Well, now, j- j- trust me when I tell you they had to have a conversation with him in spring training about it. Like they did. Like he had he talked about it. So I with I'm the with the about. with the players, you're saying. Yeah, when he arrived here, there was a conversation in the, the dugout. I think, like he talked I, in the yeah, clubhouse. as soon as as soon as he becomes part of your team, all of that stuff goes out the window. It's just like right, LeBron. but they, they just talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like LeBron. I'm sure, like a lot of Lakers fans, I know many personally who were not fans of LeBron until he became a Laker, and then it's like all is forgiven, everything's okay. Uh, so, anywho, um, speaking, of all is forgiven. I don't think all is forgiven with USC fans. Uh, at the moment. And I've got a name for you. Are you ready? All right, go ahead. Hit, lay it on me. USC coaching vacancy. Someone nobody's, not enough people are talking about Dave Aranda. Now, if you don't know who Dave Aranda is, he is the Baylor coach right now. They are a top 10 or 15 team at the moment. Baylor is by no stretch a, you know, 
college football blue blood juggernaut. And certainly, like they're like the fifth school in Texas, maybe. Um, yes, they had some RG three years back in the day, but they were obviously after Art Bryles, that situation went uh, astray, uh, to put it nicely. Right, it went south, and uh, because of all sorts of awful things that were happening there, and he has resurrected a program that was, let's face it, um, a complete disaster and a failure in a lot of ways. And he's a, look, he's Kern County kid, right? So Bakersfield, you know, in, knows the area. You know what I mean? Um, like literally was a high school coach. Okay. In the area, you know, went to a Juco here, coached at a Juco and, and then started his coaching journey. Um, I, I actually think they should consider Mexican-American, right? Like, I, I think all that stuff makes sense because I know that, you know, everyone knows the Luke Fickle stuff and the James Franklin stuff, right? And, you know, there's names out there. I think they should take a hard look at Dave Aranda. That's just me personally. Like, what he's been able to accomplish there, you know, is is short of incredible. Southern California kid. Parents are from Guadalajara. Um, he went to Redlands High School. I mean, like, this – this guy understands, because he's from Southern California, what that USC job entails. And I think that's important. Read about him a lot today in, uh, in the LA Times. I got to say, you know, I don't really follow Baylor football. Uh, I mean, I think. Well, I they're playing proved... Oklahoma this weekend, so you can watch them for yourself. Yes. Um, and I, but I just, you know, listen, Baylor's just not on my radar. Uh, like sometimes the World Series just isn't on my radar. Yeah. But I read about him a lot today. Uh, in the LA Times. And what I read it, at least, super, super impressive story of his coaching journey, of his playing journey, and and of his coaching philosophy, and his uh, kind of the book, if you will, that he's written on coaching, and and all of the different phrases and and, um, just sort of thoughts that he has about what coaching is. Uh, And I what I read today in the LA Times about this guy, I was like, wow, what a what an interesting sounding guy. Like, here's a quote. You ready? This was part of his, like, his. Hey, can you save the quote for the other side we, sure before can. we do picks against the spread? Because we're running late here. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, I'm old enough to remember watching her perform this at the MTV Music Awards. Oh, yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah, she back then. She was basically performing sexual acts to the floor. Yeah. What year do you think that was? Because I remember oh, being like a teenage 84? boy. Yeah, and thinking 85? that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I was like seven or eight and remember watching it going, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, George, uh, as far as that uh, Correa conversation that we were having, whether or not Dodger fans would want Carlos Correa, I love the reaction on Twitter. Like this gentleman right here, uh, this is Laker Devon who says, as long as Correa's in a Dodger uniform, give him all the cameras and trash cans he needs to hit 45 home runs. <laughs> yeah, dude, 100%. Give me that guy all day 
long. Like <laughs> that's funny, for sure. Like that I would take funny. him in a heartbeat. Like not, it's not even debatable to me. Like give me that guy, like for sure. Um, all right, real quick. Yeah. Uh, it's time for our picks against the spread here in a second. We're gonna get to that um, in just one second. But you had a quote about Dave Aranda because we were talking about. I I feel like he's a guy that USC should be looking at. Baylor coach. I mean, they're playing really well. Um, Southern California kid understands what that job is. Um, but go ahead. You had something to say about him. Well, I just think this again, I, I, there was a really, really great piece written today in the LA times. So shout out to Brady McCullough who wrote this piece and he pretty much takes you through this gentleman's career, uh, coach Aranda's career. And he's telling you that when he's trying to get a job at Cal Lutheran as their defensive coordinator, he had essentially written a, a book almost about his coaching philosophy. And there were a lot of quotes and one of them that really caught me is this, quote, the goal as coach is to protect, not destroy, the athlete's spirits and sense of self. And I got to tell you, George, I love coaching. I love watching coaching. I love great coaching. But I hate bad coaching. And bad coaches are guys or women who don't understand that quote, that everything is about protecting your athlete, don't destroy their spirit, don't destroy their sense of self, even if they're not playing well or even if they've lost their gig, you know, maybe they've become second string. You don't crush them. You're always building them up. That's the job of a coach. And when I read that, I was like, this guy's a very interesting potential USC candidate. So really good article, and people might want to read it today in the LA Times. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, all right, you ready to do picks against the spread? I am. Okay. So... Our first game is Rams. Uh, they are taking on San Francisco. They will be traveling to Levi Stadium. They are four-point favorites in San Francisco, okay, at Levi. Uh, what do you got here, Scott? I'm going to take the Rams to cover the four points. I'm going to give it my three. I'm going to rank it my number three game. I think that the Rams will get over what they, they did last week, which was really lay an egg on their home field against Tennessee, minus Derrick Henry. But again, hosting Rams All-Access last night with DeMarco, one of the things he said was the trade for Vaughn Miller in the middle of the week was a distraction, he thought, to the Rams. And so he also thought that the Odell Beckham trade is after installation has already gone in. And you've already gotten in your Wednesday and your Thursday practices. So I think the Rams will win. I think they can cover. I know they're much better than the 49ers. And I've got them at my number three. How about you? Uh, I have the Niners on this one, actually. I'm going to take the Niners. Four is kind of a weird number, um, especially for a home team, you know, to be a four-point dog. That basically means the Rams are seven points better than the Niners. The Niners have also had the Rams number. Like, there's that part of the equation. So, I actually think that, it, you know, the Rams may still win this game, but I don't think it's going to be by four or more. So, I'm going to take the Niners just based on history and Kyle Shanahan being kind of the one coach that has gotten the best of Sean McVay very regularly. And I'm going to say the Niners are my five. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm that me, confident in it. Yeah. yeah this, this is a must-win situation for the Rams. I know that sounds a little crazy, but it's not. Because when you lose a home game like they did against Tennessee last week, when the Packers lost against Kansas City and Arizona beat San Francisco with a backup quarterback and beat them down, you must win this game if you're the Rams. All right. Go ahead, Lindsay. Go ahead. What do you got? Um, I also picked the 49ers because they have the Rams number, and I'm going to make that my number two. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, let's go through these quicker. Raiders are two-and-a-half-point dogs 
uh, at home against Kansas City. I'm going to take the Raiders because, again, I love me a home dog. And two and a half points. I actually think they're going to win this game. That's just me uh, because I think they're going to correct their mistakes from last week against the Giants. Kansas City's playing hot, but ev- you know, but eventually they're not playing well even though they're winning games. So I'm going to take the Raiders. That's my four. Go ahead, Scott. I'm going to take the Raiders as my two. I think the Raiders win the game outright. I think Kansas City is nowhere near the team they once were, and I've been riding on the Raiders, and they let me down last week, but I'm hoping they get it back together. I got the Raiders to win the game outright. Linz? What number? What's your number? Four, number two. You said? Number two. Two, two, two. All right. Uh, I'm also going to pick the Raiders, and I'm going to make them number three. Okay. I've got the uh, Vikings at Chargers. Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Vikings. That half has got me kind of not feeling so great about it. The Vikings are better than their record. The Chargers have uh, struggled more lately, even though they did get a win against Philadelphia. But I think it's a tight one, and I think the Vikings will cover the spread, and that's my three. I'm going to also go here with the Vikings, not only to cover, but to pull the upset and the win. This is one of those games where Kirk Cousins goes toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert. It's like that Cleveland game where they score into the 40s. This is one of those games where the Chargers drop it, the the Vikings unlikely winners. I've got this as my number four. Linz? Um, I'm going to pick the Chargers just to be different, but I'm not that confident, so I'll make it my number one. Okay. Uh, next, Seattle at Green Bay. Russell Wilson is back. We don't know about Aaron Rodgers yet, right? Like, to my knowledge? There uh, is there is yet. word that they expect him to play, but come on, he hasn't practiced, he hasn't played, he's been out, he's not even going to come off the list until Saturday, tomorrow. Yeah, I, I just think Seattle um, is desperate right now. They're in desperation mode from a wins and losses standpoint. This is a game they got to win. They're also getting three and a half points on the road. So I'm going to take Seattle, but that's my two. Yeah, I've also got Seattle here, and I'm not that confident in it. Russell Wilson's expected back. We don't know whether or not for sure Aaron Rodgers will be, and if he is, what he's like. I'm going to take Seattle, and it's my one. Well, I'm also going to pick Seattle, but to try and uh, differentiate myself from the group, I'll make that my number four. Get some points. Okay, and then last one, we've got the Browns at New England. This one's actually a real game. They're both, you know, got five wins. Um, I, I It's two and a half New England at home. Uh, look, I just think Bill Belichick, certain guys, like I, I feel like he he's going to target and I feel like Baker Mayfield, he's going to make an example out of him. And he's done this to a lot of quarterbacks. And I think Baker will be one of those guys that he does it to. So New England in a tight one um, by a field goal. They're minus two and a half. I'll make that my one. I'm going to go the complete opposite direction here. I think the Browns have to make a point to everybody about this Odell Beckham situation. Odell may be successful in the Rams uniform. We'll find out but he wasn't successful in a Browns uniform. And the numbers all say that the Browns played better and went one more, and Baker Mayfield played better when there was no OBJ. I'm taking the Browns to cover, and it's my five. Okay. Uh, Linz? Well, last week was the first week all season that I didn't pick the Browns as my number five, and it bit me in the butt. So I did, fascinatingly enough. I cannot believe that you picked the Browns. I was like, what do you know that we don't know? So – I'm going back to, to my team. I'm picking the Browns, and I'm making it my number five. All right, there it is. So that's our picks against the spread. If you missed it, go back on the podcast and listen to it. Coming up next, Radio Tinder, everyone's favorite segment. Lindsay will dole it out for us. That's coming up in three and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Linz, what do we got? All right, so Kenny G is getting some heat for his questionable hair cleaning schedule. After claiming that he only washes his long curly hair about once a month, the legendary saxophonist dropped the bombshell at the premiere of his new documentary, Listening to Kenny G, which, um, you know, I watch every documentary, so I'm going to have to check that one out. Uh, but he said it doesn't get dirty. I'm a clean guy. The famous musician admitted that he washes his hair once every three weeks and he styles it himself. But is three weeks too long to go without washing your hair? Swipe left or swipe right? Sedano? Um, I guess it just depends. Like, I mean, I don't go three weeks because I have, again, I can, you know, my hair can get oily. Um, but, you know, I also don't have Kenny G's money, so I don't know what he's putting in his hair when he's washing it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so well, he I, says he uses Pantene Pro-V, nothing special. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, everybody's body's different, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess there's that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to knock him for it. Um, but, I mean, I, I just know I couldn't pull that off. Yeah. I wash my hair every day. I'm swiping left You're not supposed this. to do that either, though. Why not? Yeah, that's it dries your you, scalp out. Yeah, and you strip away like essen- the essential oils from your hair, which you know mm-hmm. you don't want that to happen either. Like you're basically like putting too many too many chemicals in your hair. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I'm 50 years old. I've never heard this. You guys are telling me something I did not know. I not only wash my hair every day. Sometimes I wash it twice a day. No. no well, you when to... you shower, you should you don't need to wash it like with shampoo. You can just like let it get wet. But you should only like shampoo it, like wash it, wash it. Like every other day. Yeah, every other oh. day is about right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Sometimes you can even go an extra day depending yeah. whatever. But, yeah, like every other day is pretty standard, yeah. Yeah, see, I, I just can't do it. I have to wash my hair every day because I sweat every day. I work out every day. I don't know what Kenny G's up to. I don't know what his exercise regimen is. But with all that hair, I mean, if you're on the Peloton doing a club bangers class with Alex Toussaint, you're going to sweat. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to um, these stories I'm reading from like dermatologists and stuff like that, uh, dry hair types should shampoo a maximum of two times a week, while oily hair types may require washing on a daily basis. But we they do not suggest that. Um, they suggest you know every other day is is fine. I point. probably wash my hair like maybe twice a week. Yeah, but I'm a, right. I'm a woman and I have curly hair. So. And you have long hair, yes. Yeah. So. But how Much like Kenny G has long hair. Um, I mean, I, I, I shower every day. So, you know, there's plenty of times where I shower and I don't wash it. So, or I'll just, right. I'll just put like, I won't even put get it wet at all. You know, hmm. it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing with women. But put anyway. a shower cap on your head? I use a towel. Oh. Mm-hmm. Shower caps make your, like, your scalp sweat and stuff. So, oh. Anyway, um, I will move on to the next story now. Yes, let's do that. It's getting a little gross. All right, so <laughs> at a St. Louis apartment complex, tenants will be faced with serious consequences if they leave behind their dog poop. And they're taking extreme measures to enforce the rule. A dog-owning tenant, all dog-owning tenants, must abide by the policy by taking cheek swabs of their pets and sending the sample to Poop Prints, a lab that specializes in dog DNA waste management. The dog's DNA will then be registered in the Poo Prince database 
And if dog poop is ever left behind on the apartment property, staff can collect the sample and send it to the lab to find a match. So they're going to find out if your dog poops and you don't clean up after yourself. If dog owners violate the policy the first time, they'll face a fine, but repeat offenders will lose their pet privileges. Do you think that this apartment complex is going too far to keep dog poop off the grass? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe right. I think this is a, a great policy. Now, I think it's a little disgusting, and I didn't realize that, uh, that you had to do like a stool sample for your dog. Uh, but it sounds like this apartment complex is serious. It sounds like they got a major problem on their hands. Or check that. Maybe they've got a major problem on their feet because people are stepping in it. Um, I like this. I think this is very smart. If you're a dog owner, I am. I know, Lindsay, you are. George, are you a dog person? You got a dog? Not at the moment, but I yeah. have been over the many years, yes. When, when you take your dog for a walk, if you don't clean up after your dog, and by the way, it's gross, it's hot, it's fresh. I mean, you got to really love that dog to pick up after him. But if you do... I mean, you, all you got to do is put your hand in the bag backwards and then pick it up and then roll the bag over your hand. That is true. That is true. But but you wouldn't do it if you didn't just absolutely love this dog. Sure. But I'll tell you right now, um, if you don't pick up after your dog, you're just an inconsiderate, selfish person. That's yeah, it. I would agree. Yes, I'm swiping right on this as well. Like, I used to live, when I lived in Miami, and, you know, I used to live in a, in a building, and... And there was plenty of parks and greenery around and whatnot, and you'd walk your dogs, and there was a lot of that. Like, and they, but they had like on the sidewalks everywhere you'd go, like probably every, I don't know, couple thousand feet, there was like a little like bin where you could ha they had the little bags and you could pull them out. Like, so mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. they supplied them for you. Mm -hmm. So if if I I I agree with everything Cap has said, I would just hope that the um, that if you're if, if you're going that far to do dog poop DNA, you should also supply the bags too. Well, it says that they do. They have dog bags and they even have little pooper scooper stations. There you go. So yeah. they want people to clean. I mean, my apartment complex is like that. They have like the little fake dog grass, you know, designated right. dog spots, and then they have the bags, and they're probably like every thousand feet, so they're everywhere. And then you know, if you're a normal dog owner, you have one on your leash. So That's it shouldn't right. be a problem. That's right. I got one. I carry one with me on the leash. All right. So last one here. Um, Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, who we've heard a lot about this week from My Scott BFF. Kaplan, is regarded as the greatest boxer of the modern era, especially after this past weekend, of course, where he became the first man in history to become the undisputed super middleweight champion, which, again, Scott Kaplan watched in person. And as we've heard Cap talk a lot about him in the past few days, Canelo Alvarez loves to golf, and today he appeared on the GQ Sports YouTube channel and had a message for the great Tiger Woods. He said, quote, I would love to play with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, please, let's play around together. Do you think that Tiger's ever going to take up the champ on his offer to play around? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap, since you know him so well. I'm going to swipe right, and I'm going to say that I think Tiger Woods is going to play with Canelo Alvarez. Um, when when Tiger got into his wreck in February, as I recall, and we were all worried at that time, like, oh, my God, is it life-threatening or whatever? And thankfully it wasn't, but there's been stories now about Tiger Woods walking on his own and watching his kid play golf. And uh, a lot of people, myself included, definitely expect Tiger Woods, who's 45 years old, to come back and play again on the PGA Tour. I think he will. Um, I just think that's the way he's wired. I think he's definitely going to come back. And if you're Canelo Alvarez, you're one of the most famous athletes on the planet. 
getting together with Tiger Woods, Tiger's going to be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I want to get out there and play with you. I definitely think these guys will eventually play golf. And you'll hope to get the invite too, right? Yeah, if nothing else, just to be a fly on the wall like I was this past weekend around Canelo's entourage. It was great. Um, yeah, I'll swipe right as well because, uh, you know, Tiger's played with a lot of celebrities over his career, um, just kind of hanging out and stuff. So I, I would imagine Canelo and him can get together, hopefully when Tiger uh, can can move around well enough to do it. So there you go. What's next? Is, is Canelo any good at golf, by the way? Uh, I don't know how good he is at it, but I know he's obsessed with it. So he's got a coach and he's he's working on his game. He's at the driving range. And he just loves the game of golf. So, I mean, he does two things in life, really. I mean, he boxes and trains in the mornings, and then he plays golf in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, if he's doing that much and invested that much in it, he's got to eventually, if he's not good now, he will be. All right, last one. The United States will look to complete a calendar clean sweep of victories over Mexico today when the arch rivals collide in a heavyweight World Cup qualifying showdown in Cincinnati, Ohio. The U.S. heads into Friday's game with back-to-back wins over Mexico in 2021. And a third win over Mexico would keep the U.S. on track for a World Cup berth four years after the Americans failed to qualify for the 2018 finals in Russia. Are you guys tuning in to Mexico versus USA tonight? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? I'm uh, swiping right. I am going to have one of the screens on um, Mexico uh, versus El Tri. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I think that this one is going to be fun. I, when these two get together, it's always super fun. Um, there's a lot of intensity there. Um, the fans don't like each other. I think that, you know, the, I, I think the U.S. men's national team um, and the soccer federation did everything they could to try to keep um, the Mexican fans out of this one by putting it in the middle of the country in uh, Cincinnati. No uh, disrespect, Linz, to Ohio. Um, you know, usually these, these matches are played in more coastal cities, uh, where it's easier for their fans to get to not this time. And I think they're doing that because, um, they need it. Um, they, this is not a friendly, this is for real. Um, and you know, the world cup, uh, status is on the line and, uh, Pulisic probably isn't going to play very much. So they need every edge they can get, but I'm on it. Yes. Is your, to your answer, your question. Yes. I'm also swiping right. I definitely plan on having the game on. Now, just by the way, point of information, is it in Cincinnati? Because I thought it was in Columbus, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I thought the exact same thing, George. It's a small MLS soccer stadium, holds about 26,000 people, and if you put a USA-Mexico game in L.A., it's going to be No, it's in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. It is in Cincinnati. It's going to be dominant with Mexican fans. If you put that game in San Diego, same thing. But if you put that game in the Midwest, you have an opportunity to make it a pro-American crowd. And so I think that was pretty obvious why they decided to do that. And so, yeah, I got my eyes on this game tonight for sure. Jorge does too, huh? Briones. Briones! El Tri va a ganar! He'll be watching it, for sure. Oh, he'll be watching it, yeah. All right. He's working. He's doing stuff. We can't go to him. Uh, all right, we're done here. Uh, we got one more segment to go. We got a... Um, Situation with Russell Westbrook, all right, that I think is finally trending in the right direction. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. Stick around. Final segment before we turn it over to Slew and Michael on Lakers pregame, 710 ESPN. But yeah, yeah. By the way, happy birthday, Russell Westbrook today. He turns 33. Lakers and T-Wolves tonight. Slew and Michael will have your pregame here in a few moments. And Michael and John on the call from Staples Center as the T-Wolves come to town. 
Hey, if you're sending out happy birthday wishes, let me send one out too. Go happy ahead. birthday to the GOAT, in my opinion, Al Michaels' birthday today. Yeah. And I love Al Michaels, so I sent Al a, an email saying happy birthday. And he wrote back and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing any math around this birthday. And I said, hey, you're a young guy. What are you talking about? I said, everybody's talking about you're going to Amazon. That's a, a younger platform for a young guy like yourself. And he wrote me back an email and said, yeah, I'll be driving the Amazon delivery truck. And I'm like, okay, Al, you got it. Whatever you say, man, you drive that truck. But happy birthday, Uncle Big Al Michaels. 77, I believe, today. Shh, Al he doesn't want that out there. Shh. I mean, it's, you can Google it. <laughs> That's amazing that he's that Al Michaels is 77 because, George, when you think about this, in 1980, I was 10 years old. How old were you in 1980? I was three. Okay. So, Al Michaels, do you believe in miracles? Yes, 1980. That is 41 years ago. Does that sound right? Did I do the math right? Yeah. That has how long of a, a career Al Michaels has had at the highest level and has been in a, a part of our sports fans, our lives and he was part of it before 1980. Okay, I'll, I'll top you. Um, I heard uh, Travis and Sliwa talking about this today on their dump segment. Mm -hmm. Today was the first time Vince Scully ever called a a, uh, a national a game, and it was on national television on CBS, and it was a college football game. It was the Boston Terriers versus the Maryland Terrapins on CBS in 1949. Wow. Wow, 1949. Yeah. So wow. 31 years before Al Michaels said, do you believe in miracles? Right. And we're talking about 72 years ago. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah. Damn. Al Michaels was only five. Yeah. Shout out to Vin Scully. Yeah. That's so incredible. Today is the anniversary of his first broadcast on uh, you know national broadcast or whatnot. And it was Maryland Terrapins, Boston Terriers. Who knew that the on CBS? Who knew that the Boston University actually had a football team that people cared about watching back then? Yeah, and uh, who knew that uh, they put college football games on TV like that back then? Seriously, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I assumed so because I don't know. I, there's there's black and white film of plenty of college football games. So yeah, especially but Notre Dame, Boston University versus Maryland with Vin Scully on the call. Vin Scully wow. on the call. Yeah, nineteen forty. That's amazing. Yeah, November 11th, 1945. That's or 49, problem. excuse me. Uh, so anyway, Russell Westbrook, as we mentioned, happy birthday to him. And do you think that the Lakers and Westbrook are kind of getting closer to figuring this thing out? Um, do you have you? Does the Miami game encourage you a little bit, or do you watch? I mean, you still had nine turnovers or eight, nine turnovers, eight, nine, one of those in <laughs> turnovers in the game. Or, or 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 do you think there's been like a little bit of a breakthrough there, or do you believe that, man, this is just what the roller coaster is going to be like? I actually am way more bullish on the Lakers right now, and it's all because of the one win against Miami. And I feel like with Russell Westbrook, the the issue for me is is that I think he's going to start getting really comfortable right now. Um, and I, I see him and Anthony Davis working well together, and I see you know some alley-oop lob passes and you know some chest-to-chest -chest bumps after putting one down. I feel like Russ is getting comfortable. My mm -hmm. biggest concern, though, George, is that when LeBron comes back, as Russ gets comfortable, what 
happens to his game when LeBron is reinserted into the lineup? What do you what do you think? There's gonna be going another on? adjustment period. Yeah, and so right now, the way Russell Westbrook is playing, the role that he's playing, it will change, I believe, somewhat significantly when LeBron returns. And so then it's going to be more of, of more time to try and figure out, well, how do I, Russ, fit with LeBron and AD? I know we've all heard about LeBron being selfless and him being the person to adjust to Russ, but the point is, is that they haven't been on the floor together. That's really what it comes down to. And it looks like Russ is starting to get comfortable now. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I think that, you know, Russ is Russ. Like, you're going to have to kind of work through the turnovers and kind of the crazy pace he plays at or whatever. But Dave McMiniman just tweeted this. Frank Vogel just told the media that's assembled at Staples Center that LeBron is back participating in on-court basketball activity and his return to his timetable is, quote, truly day-to-day. So LeBron may be back. I mean, we were talking yesterday. I, I had mentioned to Perk, I said, you know, when when do you think he'll be back? He's like, well, definitely before Christmas. I'm like, man, I hope so. It's a long time from now. Um, like I had said, well, maybe Thanksgiving. He wasn't as sure about Thanksgiving. But I could see that potentially being a thing. Like, because this Lakers schedule, man, right now, as we talked about, it gets – this is a rough stretch. Now, granted, it's Minnesota, but the Bulls come in here on Monday night. They're playing well. Then they go on the road to play Milwaukee and Boston. I mean, Detroit, whatever. I mean, the Knicks are not a pushover. Indiana's not a pushover. So there's a possibility that maybe he doesn't play on that road that next week and the you know the week of Thanksgiving. But I, I think Thanksgiving-ish could be a, a target for him. Like Sacramento at home on Friday, November 26th. Like I'm looking at that as a, a nice target date for him. Well, I got to say that LeBron needs to really, really be smart about this. I'm sure that the competitor in him and the guy who in the offseason was you know, saying to people on social media, keep doubting us, keep calling us old, keep telling us what we're not going to be able to do. You know, I'm logging that stuff. Well, it's great to, to think about what you're going to do, but you have to actually physically be on the floor to go do it. And, and if he comes back too quickly – because his his pride and his ego and his desire to help his team win gets in the way of his true recovery. You know, you don't want to see him get hurt for the long haul. When LeBron comes back, he has to come back and be healthy for the remainder of the season. Minus, you know, little nicks and bruises or minus something else happening to him, but he can't have like these kinds of old guy injuries. You know, and that that's to me what this abdominal injury is it's it's an age injury I, i'm not a doctor i'm not a physical therapist but you're 37 years old and you're getting these kinds of injuries this wasn't somebody rolling on his ankle and you're right george you know minnesota tonight san antonio sunday and then the next night against chicago and chicago's for real and then you're hitting the road for five straight games so lebron got to be smart as much as i'm sure he desperately wants to get back he got to be smart because when he does come back he's got to be back for the remainder of the year Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, barring just an occasional rest day right. here or there, right. No, but there there can't be, or in theory, you don't want a significant injury moving forward. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, and, and, you know, Ramona was, was telling us on NBA Today, you know, the other day that she thinks they're going to be cautious. But look, he's been out for six games now. So, and if we get to that stretch where I talked about Sacramento, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more games. That's not a small amount of time. Like, that's 14 games he would have missed. Yeah, 14 of probably the first, what, 25 or so? Yeah. 
something like that. Um, so, right, he would have missed nearly a month at that point. So it's not like they weren't going you know, to be rushing him. All right, we got to rush out of here. Excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Phenomenal week, George Sedano. Yeah, I hope your nose zits uh, are okay. I'm still playing uh, with the, the one in my right nostril yeah. right now. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank, thank you, Lindsay. Great job as always. Jorge Briones, excellent work as well. Much Lakers love, pregame is up next. See ya.